Hey folks, Sean here. And in this episode, I want to talk to you about why I recommend skipping going down the VC route. Now, when I say VC, I mean venture capital. And that means taking investment for the SaaS product that you're trying to build. Now, I've been part of founding teams that have gone down this route, so I do have this experience. But what I want to start with is that there's been plenty of talk about the negatives or the downside elements of taking this approach. And I also read a report recently which talked about how much founders of VC-backed startups typically are making. And it might be quite a bit less than you might be expecting. And I'm also going to make a separate or an alternative recommendation in terms of what I think you should do. And surprise, surprise, it's really going to talk more about the positive elements of bootstrapping what it is you want to do. But what I want to start with is you have to understand more about the VC model to understand more about why I don't typically recommend it. And that's because the VC has a different goal than you do necessarily. They're hoping that you become a unicorn. And then in the startup world, a unicorn typically refers to a company that's ultimately going to have a valuation that can reach a billion dollars. Right? They want a big winner. They want somebody to win the lottery for them. And they want to be the person that helps you buy the ticket. right? But they're going to push you and push you and push you to try to reach that level, whether it makes sense for your business or not. That's why I'm not an advocate of taking this approach. It's because if you look at the numbers, 99.9% of startups do not become unicorns, meaning that you probably have better chance of winning the lottery, the Powerball, whatever, <laughs> than you do of taking your startup and making it worth a billion dollars someday. Now, just because some people have achieved that doesn't mean that realistically almost anyone else is capable of doing so. The problem here is that if you take VC money early on, it helps you gain traction if you've built realistically a healthy business, your cap table can become a mess in terms of who owns what and the voting power decision-making process to the extent where they may be able to force your hand or influence you down a direction or a path that realistically you either don't want to go or shouldn't go. That has killed a number of different businesses that I am at least personally aware of. And a story like this I read in detail on Reddit recently, and it just echoes the same sentiment. So that's their motivation, right? Now, VCs make a lot of bets. They are looking for at least one of those bets to make up for all of their losers. That's largely how the model works. So they probably won't care if your startup is ultimately going to be a loser. They're not going to care if you build a $10 million business that is profitable and sustainable. They're going to push you to go beyond that limit, even though that's what you want to do. So you're going to lose that control. You're going to lose that access. Now, the second piece is it's not particularly lucrative to be a startup founder. And there's a report shared by a company called Pilot. I'll link to it in the notes. But it talks about how startup founders may not make you know, $100,000 a year in annual salary, which might sound reasonable. But you have to understand that a lot of these startup founders are working 80 to 100 hours a week. They're living in these businesses, and that's all they're doing. So they're killing themselves trying to get ahead, trying to get it on the map, trying to make it successful. And the vast majority of those fail, especially if they're VC backed. So while you're doing that, while you're killing yourself, the opportunity cost is also extremely high in that many of the other people that are doing that work, 
especially those that wind up typically being unsuccessful, which again, statistic-wise, VC-backed startups, at least 90% of those fail, don't ever become profitable, right? The VC doesn't care, but you've wasted however many years of your life, and that opportunity cost has potentially dramatically affected your lifestyle or your family's quality of life or whatever, because what you were making was probably less than you could have been making on the open market. Now, chances are you may have been able to A, make more, and B, have a higher quality of life because you wouldn't necessarily be working those insane hours as you would in startup life. So that's another reason why I'm not a huge advocate of it. All right, so getting around to what I do recommend, which is what I do now, and that's bootstrapping your way to success, right? Especially if you already have a job that you like well enough, that pays you well enough, comes with benefits, comes with vacation, PTO, whatever. I don't see a reason to get rid of that. I almost never do until what it is that you're working on has enough traction to the extent where it can pay you to afford the same quality lifestyle or ideally better. And then at that point, you make a decision to kind of split off. But what I'm trying to tell you is that many jobs are relatively lenient or flexible enough, especially if you have like work from home opportunities or whatever, to the extent where you can part-time build a B2B SaaS product business, learn a lot of what you need to learn in order to try to make it successful. And then as that starts to grow and produce results, if that goes as successfully as we hope that it does, at some point you can make a transition. So you don't have to go cold turkey and quit your day job in order to succeed here. Remember, one of the advantages of building a B2B SaaS product business is we can do so with a very, very low overhead because the software does all of the work. Right? Your upfront investment is like doing that UX research, finding the problem worth solving, figuring out what industry you want to compete in, learning all these things that I'm always trying to teach, and then putting them into practice. But there's a very different element between knowing the path and walking the path. So your experience is going to be unique for you, just like mine was for me. Now, people like me are out there helping you with this journey, but you still got to kind of go through it. So it'd be better to learn all of those things while you already have stable income and doesn't affect your quality of life and all that kind of stuff. Plus, if you have some discretionary earnings, you can invest that into the SaaS company that you want to build. And you can try this over and over and over again until you are successful. Um, and that then, and only then, you can decide whether or not you want to do so full-time. Some of you may choose to do that. Some of you may not. Um, I've done a little bit of both. And if I could go back and do it again, that's definitely what I would do, is I would have started everything when I was working full time and I did do some of those things that way. And that was a huge advantage. Um, I even had a more flexible schedule where I didn't work all five days. I worked shift work. So I had a couple of other uh, weekdays available to work on these projects, but I still getting paid to work full time. So anyway, I'll hop off my soapbox for the moment, but I want to make sure you know what going the VC route really looks like for a lot of founders in terms of the outcomes that it produces, quality of life that they experience, and that I think there's a better way, and that's ultimately what I recommend. Now, it's not going to be right for everyone, right? There is a time and a place for taking investment. I'll talk about that in another episode as well, too. But in this instance, I want to make sure that you're well aware what I recommend and why when it comes to potentially taking investment from VCs. Hey folks, Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.